0: the music of pro wrestling. It's all part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. I'm your host, Andrew Rich. This is episode 152, and it's another Music Memories episode. And today I'm joined by a returning guest here on the show. He is a contributor at Voices of Wrestling. It's Steve Case. Hello, Steve.
1: Hey, Andrew. How you been? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing well. Just trying to keep myself awake from uh, watching the baby all day.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, the first time you were on was uh, late 2020 or so, and since then you've had a kid, yeah. So um, I know at the time I congratulated you and your wife about that, but uh, we're on air here, so a belated on-air congrats to you as well for that.
1: We appreciate that, man. Uh yeah, it feels like uh, it's it really is the before times and after times. So, uh, <laughs> but. I'm here, I'm happy to be here, happy to help out and contribute, so I'm uh, pretty excited today.
0: Yeah, it's good to have you back. Um, first episode of the year, of course, that's that's pretty cool, and uh, hey. we just had Wrestle Kingdom, which was a great show, and Dynamite was great too, and um, oh yeah, Vince is back in WWE as the chairman again. So uh, <laughs> as, as the kids say, Steve, the vibes are wildin'
1: right now yes the kids do say that i mean it's where what is it is today the eighth is that yeah because tomorrow's her birthday so eight days in and all of that stuff has happened already not to mention you know like yeah you know, that who was that that debuted in new japan again she i think she was kind of a big deal
0: i don't now. know it was um mercy monday or something like that i, I can't remember
1: yeah yeah I mean, it seems like she's she might have a shot of being something, you know.
0: Maybe, maybe, we'll see, yeah. But uh, but it's funny, I, I mentioned on the last episode, uh, the year-end episode, that you know every year we say that wrestling is crazy. It, it never lets up, it never is normal, it never takes a year off. And sure enough, you know, start of the year here, here we go again. <laughs> I mean, I remember coming home from the grocery store uh, on Thursday, I put stuff away and... Look at my laptop and what do I see first but that Wall Street Journal article and I see Vince is returning as chairman and I see the names George Berrios and Michelle Wilson and I'm like, oh boy, (laughs) things are about to get a lot more fun around here and um, it could not happen to a better company either, Steve, that's for sure. oh yeah
1: no i i I mean i remember i i was i was happened to be in my office working i think it was like early afternoon when that news dropped and it just like made the rest of the day go faster so i do appreciate (laughs) that but my my god like what what else could possibly happen in that company it's like everything in this in the ring and on the screen is so secondary like just not even close to being as interesting as the the palace intrigue, you should say.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, just to be clear, just to be clear, the things that Vince did to warrant him leaving in the first place are pretty horrible. He's a horrible, horrible, terrible human being. Um, but, Stephen A. Smith voice, but to see Chaos reign at WWE and to see the memes pop up, making fun of Triple H, and just to think about all of the people were fired by Vince, and then rehired by Triple H, and all the people in AEW might want to go back to WWE, just to think about them sweating right about now, (laughs) and looking at their phones, and being extra friendly to Tony Khan, that's the spice of life, that's what gets you through the day, Steve, I think.
1: Oh yeah, no, I mean, Vince's, Vince's whole, like, his punishment in life is that no matter how badly he tries, and how badly he wants to be something else, everyone's just gonna know him as a wrestling promoter, and that just eats at the just core of his soul and it's glorious. And all of this stuff coming back, he's he's just becoming more and more of a joke and just embracing the evil, which I mean, I don't know what more he could do to make himself <laughs> just an absolutely abhorrent human being. But yeah, and then just everything with all of those people and WWE, like I I mean, they're making their money. I don't feel real bad for them if, they're not happy creatively well you know you could have just watched the company like maybe for five minutes in the last 15 years and could have known what you were getting into so I'm not really losing any sleep over any of those people so
0: yeah and uh, now the Saudis might be sniffing around to buy it I mean it's it's madness it's utter madness so yeah we'll keep an eye on it as it goes along and see what happens it but it regardless it should be a real hoot and a holler I think either way Steve <laughs>
1: saw that that little nugget about the Saudis maybe being involved that's just it's just icing on the cake like what what else like what else is there? We're, we're, what is what are we gonna be talking about at the end of this year like, <laughs> kind of scary to think about
0: I can only imagine I can only imagine yeah but um, anyway, Steve, uh, we are here to do a music memories episode and for those that may not know, music memories is when to have on a guest to talk about three memories. From their wrestling fandom, that are strongly linked to music in some way. It could be a wrestler's theme, could be a TV or pay-per-view theme, could be from a game, an album, a movie or show about wrestling, perhaps. Whatever it may be, and it's not about analyzing the music like normal. It's more of a casual conversation about these memories and about these songs. And um, the last couple of these I've done, I did them with Gerard Trolio and Alan Cunahan, and um, there was. You know a noticeable Japanese wrestling presence across those two shows. but um as we'll find out today here, uh, Steve, with you, not the case. Uh, no pun intended. Uh, this is very much uh, an American skewed selection you have going on here. hint hint
1: yeah, no i I mean, I I would say i I mean i'm I'm a big uh, Japanese wrestling fan, not as big as those two gentlemen obviously, but I mean, I as far as the roots of my fandom it's it's deep into the american wrestling i mean wwf wwe american independence all that kind of stuff so i mean as good japanese themes are yeah i guess i have a little bit more of a domestic flavor today
0: well listen there's no set way to do this you know each episode is all about a person's own memories and fandoms and whatnot so it's gonna be you know individualized each time we do one of these so yeah some people will choose American wrestling themes more some people will choose Japanese wrestling themes more some people will choose Europe some people will choose Mexico old new whatever it may be it's all up to them so uh, don't worry about it Steve it's it's fine
1: don't worry about it <laughs> oh no I, I mean as much as I would love to wax poetic about the first time i heard uh nare i i think this this is probably going to be a little bit more in my wheelhouse today
0: of course of course well um let's get to it then uh steve what is your first music memory for us
1: um well i guess i'll start at the start um one of when i was a really little kid starting out in my wrestling fandom uh was right around the time that uh the undertaker debuted so that would be his original original uh funeral procession march or whatever it's called um but his original debut music would be what the first one would be from death valley i give you the undertaker, <laughs> the undertaker the- So, uh, like I said, uh, very young, uh, right when the Undertaker debuted, and this this is something that is kind of a, a family like lore, I guess you could say. Um, I mean, everyone in my family knows me, and most of my the people that know me at all just kind of know me as like, oh, Steve's the wrestling guy, um, and like I said, it's pretty much one of my like been the first thing that i really knew and loved as a little kid but when the undertaker debuted i was i was terrified of death <laughs> i was just i was just absolutely terrified and not even i mean and so I am to this day like i mean i think i you have to have a healthy respect for death to appreciate life i don't think there's anything wrong with that but when i was a kid and his in the undertaker character debuted with the funeral music the the body bags after the finish like i would i would run and hide as soon as those like first chimes came on like i would go behind my couch i would uh, run into another room why i didn't just change the channel i have no idea but Like, yeah, it was just, it was absolutely horrifying for me. So that's, that was one of the first ones I thought of, um, for this, uh, this little, uh, project here we got today.
0: Well, first of all, I just want to say, holy cow, look at the size of that ham hock. (laughs) Check out them drumsticks, baby. Uh, (laughs) Oh, Roddy. You got Kids Maniac? No, no, not anymore. Uh, (laughs) Um... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, seeing The Undertaker as a kid, I did too, but it wasn't back then, of course. It was 2003, American badass, big evil, biker-taker. You've done it now, you've gone and made a big mistake. And that version of Taker, that didn't scare me at all as a kid. Um, A, because he was a face, but also he was just a biker. He wasn't like an undead guy at that point, so I wasn't scared of him at all, but... I can imagine if I was growing up as you were, Steve, and being a little kid and seeing this, you know, giant guy with like the hat and the gloves and the coat and the makeup. He doesn't sell. You can't hurt him. He's putting people in body bags. I mean, those early tombstones he would do. Those were nasty. He would just drive guys' heads right into the mat. So yeah, I I can imagine myself, you know, back then. (laughs) Not being smart enough to the business brother, you know, just being terrified of that giant undead guy, that for sure, Steve.
1: Oh yeah, no, and I think uh it was the it was SummerSlam ninety was the actual or the Survivor Series ninety was the debut, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So and I've been I would have been just turning three years old right around that time. And my really early fandom Like in that time, I mean, I'm three to five years old and there's this giant hulking, supposedly dead man, just killing, like literally killing jobbers, putting them in body bags and reminding me that life is not infinite. And even though that I am four or five years old and have all of my life in front of me, it's going to end. And that just didn't sit well with little old Stevie. I mean you see those kids in the, in the crowd during his match, especially during his uh, introduction uh, to the, to the fed and they'd cut to kids and they're just kind of like, what, who is this? Like they're you could see the fear in their eyes. And yeah, I mean, it, it got to the point where like my mom would just start laughing as soon as she heard the music. <laughs> and I mean, she still talks about it to this day. Like, I mean, obviously with with my wife, Elise, she'll she'll bring it up whenever we talk wrestling and The Undertaker comes up. Oh, you remember when you used to run and hide? Yes, mom. I I do remember. I do remember. Thank you very much. It's a very funny story. Let's move on. But yeah, it's just kind of one of those things that everybody talks about when uh, in my family, when it comes to me and my fandom
0: your mom would be the parent of like the new Japan show where you know Lance Archer comes out and he comes over to you and he's just get right in your face and you are screaming and crying and your mom is like ah, ha, ha it's so funny and you know it's, <laughs> that's your mom I think there Steve so
1: <laughs> oh yeah no she would be she would be having a good time She'd probably let it get to a point and then if I was getting too upset she'd probably you know go into mom mode but for the most part she'd probably just kind of let me let me endure and uh, uh, hopefully just kind of get over it.
0: Mm. Yeah, we've done a bunch of Halloween episodes on the show over the years, and um, the question I ask all the guests on those episodes is, has anything ever scared you in wrestling, like as a kid or whatever? Not in terms of you know scary botches or scary accidents or whatever, but scary gimmicks, scary angles. Um, so I guess uh, Taker would be your answer for that question, I suppose, Steve. But um has anything else scared you in wrestling at all? Like as a kid, No, maybe like no. Um, Papa Shango or things like that?
1: No, not really. I, I mean, I I do remember the the angle where Papa Shango made the Ultimate Warrior like vomit black or whatever it was, and all of that stuff. But by then, I was probably. I mean, I think I was maybe closer to like ten, or maybe a little bit later in life, and just kind of kind of past that stage. But yeah, I mean really early on the undertaker was definitely the one weirdly enough like i mean i'm sure that i probably thought it was real back then but like i mean i really can't pinpoint a time where i actually like realized, like hey you know this, this dude isn't ted like these people aren't like actually trying to murder each other like it's it's all a show i don't know when it was i pretty sure it was pretty early on but like definitely back then though like I was just bought at hook line and sinker man and it's all right it's fun to talk about nowadays it's uh sort of just takes you back to a simpler time
0: oh yeah I mean we all have those stories of being a kid and just being absolutely terrified of something and then you grow up and think about it and it's like why was I so afraid of that it's it's nothing but you know, when you're a kid, it's not nothing. It's it's scary to you because you don't know any better. Um, I mean, I, I for me, when I was growing up, there was a restaurant in my town. Uh, it was like a chain restaurant called the Bugaboo Creek, and it was like uh, a Canadian wilderness-themed restaurant. And in the lobby, they had this thing. It was like a giant uh, animatronic tree, and there was a face on it. And every once in a while, the face would kind of you know light up and you know, talk to people and it wasn't like, you know, I'm Mr. Evil Tree Man. (laughs) No, it was like, you know, hey everybody, welcome to the Bugaboo Creek. Here's some facts about Canada, things like that. But to little, you know, four or five year old Andrew, that was nightmare fuel. I was terrified of that thing. But, you know, now I grew up and I look back and it's like, that's not scary at all. It's a stupid talking tree. But again, when you're a kid and you don't know any better and you see this giant thing in front of you, It's it, it can be scary. I mean, I I did cry a lot when I was a kid, just in general, but that thing in particular was, you know, a bit terrifying to me. But again, it happens to all of us. It happens to everybody,
1: Steve. Oh yeah, totally. I can totally relate. Maybe, I, I mean, I don't remember crying a ton, but like, I was scared of everything. Like, scared of the dark, check. Like, scared of being alone, check. Like, I, I remember, like, I mean, I had my, I think I had like a, a Bret Hart nightlight, Hulk Hogan, (laughs) Ultimate Warrior nightlight, like at various times when I was a really little kid. And I'd always have to like check all of the rooms to make sure they were empty before I went to bed. Like I was just terrified that someone was going to come and get me, uh, whatever that means. So I I mean, I totally get it. I mean, but that's, I mean, look back on it now and Uh, it's, it's just fun to laugh at, fun to talk about and just, uh, remember the good old days, like I said before.
0: Mm. All right. Well, that was number one. Uh, Steve, what is your second music memory?
1: Uh, well, number two would be, um, uh, a song that I always told my friends, if I was ever going to be a professional wrestler, this would be. The scene that I came into and was very surprised when I thought that someone else had it and couldn't really be duplicated. So uh, it would be For Whom the Bell Tolls by Metallica, uh, obviously, used by Nick Gage on the Indies. said i i've always been a fan my whole life and when i and i have a lot of other friends of course that are fans and we always like talk about like you know if steve you should do this you should try to go and i'm like i mean i was never really interested in becoming a wrestler i was a basketball guy wrestling was the same season as basketball and just something that never really interested me beyond the entertainment aspect but like it was always like oh well you know if you did it what would you do and you know, you, you and your friends, you make up characters, you make up like storylines. And obviously the coolest part is like, oh, so what would your entrance be? And I always just love like Metallica is one of my favorite all time bands. I actually got to see him live for the first time out in Boston. Uh, I think I was messaging you back and forth while my wife and I were out there. Boston and, Calling, uh, yeah. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, they played For Whom the Bell Tolls, which is probably my favorite Metallica song. And just the 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 tolling of the bell, like signaling, like oh man, shit's about to go down. Like whoever whoever is in in the ring right now, whoever is going to face this person, is just going to. I mean, they're they're in for it, you know. And I always thought like that would be just the perfect like badass, like cool, like you can just kind of see the crowd like head banging. There's a good beat to it, a good like rhythm to it to like walk down to and get a get a crowd into it and then about 2017 i think right around then um i mean i was familiar with nick gage i had heard the name i didn't really see a lot of his stuff or know much about him but uh i attended an aiw show with a buddy of mine josh riley if you're listening out there how you doing buddy welcome back to the mitten um to see a buddy of his who uh, wrestled for the for AIW, and the the main event was supposed to be Nick Gage versus um, Grado, um, but I think Grado had a death in his family, so uh, actually MJF stepped in, and that was the first time I got to see MJF live. Weirdly enough, uh, way back in the day when he was just starting out, and um, but. I had never seen a Nick Gage match live. I'd never seen his entrance, anything. And I'm sitting there waiting for the main event, and I hear the toll. And I just, I, I like, just shot a look. And I'm like, oh, my God. Someone uses it already. And then, obviously, he makes the entrance. The crowd goes nuts. Like, I mean, he's Nick Gage. He's Nick fucking Gage. Like, you can't, you just can't top that energy that just feeling he has. And I'm just like, well, you know, that can't be top. So I'm glad I didn't try to go that route. Um, but it was just, it was a very, very cool moment, like kind of a surreal moment to see a, like something I had thought about in my own head for years and years and years. And then just kind of see it in practice by someone of that stature. I mean, you can say what you will about Nick Gage, but the dude has a crowd connection and when that entrance hits, it's just otherworldly. So, I mean, it was really, really cool, a really cool moment for me to be involved in that live.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's funny you picked for whom the bell tolls, because we just talked about the undertaker and, you know, he has a bell associated with him and there's a Mm -hmm. bell in this song too. So it all kind of comes together there, Steve, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but, uh, But yeah, we did an episode very early on about Metallica and their songs being in wrestling. And and this song was on it, of course, and it's a great song. And um, going to your notion of thinking about what song you would use if you were a wrestler, I think we've all done that. Not just with themes, but we've all thought about, you know, what gimmicks you would have, what moves you would do, what promos you would cut. We've all done it. And if you're sitting there saying, I've never done that, you're a liar, okay? You're a lying liar, We've all thought about it, we've all cut promos in the shower, we've all done it. I mean, myself, when I was growing up, I had like a, I guess a life-size for a kid, like a three-foot-tall Mickey Mouse stuffed animal thing, and I would do wrestling moves to it on the bed, okay? It's just, it's it's part of being a wrestling fan. It's not just watching the matches and enjoying it, it's also having the fantasy of being part of it too, uh, of being a wrestler, and... You know, cutting promos and being a star, having these great matches and all that, and and some of us, you know, do make the leap and become wrestlers ourselves, and some of us stay home and value our bodies and don't take stupid bumps. So you know, it's <laughs> that's the thing. So um, yeah, "Room the Bell Tolls." I, I wouldn't pick it for my own theme myself, but I can see why you would, because it would make for a great entrance theme, and and Nick Gage is proof of that, of course, Steve.
1: Well, what? Well, you can't, you can't tease me on that. What, what songs would you pick? Like, you got a couple off the top of your head that you think the the robot Andrew Rich might be coming <laughs> in to, to I don't know, Daly's place or or MSG, you know, and just getting blowing the roof off the crowd. Well, what do we got, dude?
0: Maybe some uh, Computer Love by Kraftwerk, perhaps. Oh, maybe a little very, uh. Very. Little uh, I, Robot by the Alan Parsons Project, maybe? I don't know. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, very on the gimmick. I like that. I like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. But but no, I mean, for me, it's all about, I think, what mood I'm in. Because I'll, I'll go through stages where I listen to you know a certain group of songs over and over and over again, and I'll think, oh, that'll be a good theme, or that'll be a good theme. And then I'll switch over at some point to a different group of songs, and I'll listen to those over and over again, and I'll think, oh, that'd be a good theme, or that'd be a good theme. So... Again, it all depends on on the time and the mood. I think, but um, but uh, right now, I suppose I've always felt that uh, I guess "Epic" by Faith No More would be a great song to come out to. Um, oh yeah. Or from Out of Nowhere, from the same album, perhaps. But uh, but yeah. Uh, the, the thing is, though, you know, wrestling is so big. Chances are, whatever song you pick, someone else has already used it before you. So <laughs> there is that thing you have to consider as well. But. Um, but uh, but yeah. Again though, I, I've spent many a time thinking about songs to come out too. It's just it's what you do as a wrestling fan, I think, Steve.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I've I've I mean, I've also like it's always come back to that song, and I've always thought about other songs. You know, like uh, I mean, I always loved Stranglehold uh, by Ted Nugent. Obviously, that's that's Nivon Eric's. Like everyone knows that that that's, that that knows about history of this stuff, but. I mean, I just loved that. I mean, I mean, maybe not, maybe not what Ted Nugent's become, but <laughs> you know, uh, uh, love that song. And um, weirdly enough, um, I will uh, pump it up by Elvis Costello was always one that oh, I yes. really enjoyed. Um, Head like a hole for Nine Inch Nails. Uh, I mean, Hell's Bells to stick with the bell theme it was a ACDC was probably my favorite band. Um, in the, my formative years, kind of like the gateway to band to get me all into uh hard rock, heavy metal kind of stuff. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's always just come back to, you know, it's, it's always been for whom the bell tolls. It's just, it's perfect, perfect for, I guess, the kind of, the kind of aura and persona, uh, a guy like me would want in that form. So,
0: Mm. Yeah, I can just picture the music hitting and you coming out, and the fans just jumping up and down around you like the gauge. You know, it's just I can picture that so clearly in my mind. There, Steve. So <laughs> yeah,
1: could you? Could you? I mean, I don't know. I'm not a. I'm not a big. I'd probably feel claustrophobic. I'd probably shrink in the moment. <laughs> you know, but that's why he's. That's why he's a little bit better for it than I am.
0: Mm, fa- fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Steve. What is your third and final music memory for us?
1: Uh, This is probably going to be a boring choice, but uh, anyone that knows me at all uh, knows that this has to be on there. And that song would be Real American uh, by uh, Rick Derringer, uh, of course, famous by the immortal Hulk Hogan. up i associate my childhood with hulk hogan like those early like the early years the the 85 to 90 91 hulk hogan um i always tell the story of my very first memory as a human being is me playing with a wrestling ring with those like old rubber foot foot tall uh wrestlers one was hulk hogan one was jesse ventura And I still have them to this day. My son plays with them. And I mean, every, like I, I dressed up for Hulk Hogan for Halloween more times than I can count, even up until my, my college years. Um, I, 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 I I cut promos in his voice. Uh, The short lived mid card matinee podcast that me and a couple of my buddies did during the pandemic. I read the, Ad read uh, in Hulk Hogan's voice. Um, <laughs> it's just, and, and I mean, that's that song has been in my playlist for running, working out. I'll just listen to it. Uh, we played a my col- my first year at Central Michigan University when I was in college. Uh, I dressed up as Hulk Hogan, and I got with my buddies, and we made a scene. And I and someone played his music, and I walked down the stairs tore my shirt off did all of the poses and everything it was a big deal and then maybe probably the best instance of use for this ever in my life my the entrance to my wedding reception um which you may have seen andrew i think video of it kind of got out among the among the voices of wrestling boys Mm -hmm. um but uh every single couple in my wedding party came into a different theme song and it all built up to me and my lovely bride. And I gave Elise one of my old Hulk Hogan uh, costume T-shirts. And we busted into that thing, to Real American. I came out and started posing and everything. And then I pointed to her. And like the badass that she is, she ripped that thing off, owned the room, got the big pop. And, I mean, it was, it was a dream come true. So, like, just every every all throughout my life that song has just been important to me obviously you could say everything in the world about hulk hogan and everything that he is and become and you'd be 100 percent right and i don't doubt that but i will always like i will always think of that man in my early formative years the eat say your say say your prayers train eat your vitamins all i mean he, like, that's, weirdly enough, like, that kind of stuff is the reason I was a good kid when I was younger, and that, that to me is important, and I think you can still see what he's become and not be a fan of that while still taking out the things that are good that could have, that came from that in my formative years, so, very important song for me, Andrew.
0: Well, I'm sorry to tell you this, Sarah, Steve, but um you were now canceled. Uh You were canceled. <laughs> For honoring such a horrible racist man like this, um, and Elise is canceled as well for the wedding stuff. She's canceled too, and um, your son Arthur is also canceled by association. So look, I don't make the rules here. Well, That's just the way it goes. I'm sorry about all this. It's just what happens, okay? But um, <laughs> are you? Are but, you though?
1: Because because isn't it isn't it? Once you're canceled though, you're kind of good from there. Like if you get canceled once, like you just kind of get forgotten and you can just live your life. <laughs> Maybe this is a good thing So thank you Andrew You're welcome I
0: suppose Uh, Yeah but um, But no in all seriousness this is A very good pick I mean It's real American it's one of the most iconic Wrestling themes of all time and It's funny the next episode After this one will be The six year anniversary show and In the six years we've been doing this show We have not yet Done an episode about Hulk Hogan's Themes uh, we did do one about his album, Hulk Rules. That was pretty fun. And uh, we did the NWO songs as well. But Real American, Voodoo Child, songs like that, they have yet to come up here on the show. Um, and it's not because of any, you know, strong moral high ground on my part. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. That's that's the only reason, really. So there you go. Um, but yeah, Real American, it, again, it's very iconic. And it's such a, a, a major element to the Hulkamania zeitgeist. Do You think of Hulkamania... You think of the red and yellow, you think of the bandana and the American flag and the Fu Manchu and the poses and the brother and all that, and you think of this song. It's inseparable, really, um, which is funny because this wasn't his song originally. Mm-hmm. This was originally the U.S. Express theme, yeah, right. and then they just gave it to Hulk. You know, He just took it from them, and it was his automatically. And Really, I think given the bombast of the song, I think it does fit... Hulk way 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 better than Wyndham and Rotunda. No offense to those guys, but it just it feels like a Hulk Hogan song through and through. Um, so yeah, again, a very good and, and obvious pick here, Steve. No no jokes about it for sure.
1: Oh yeah, no, I, I, I I'm glad you mentioned that because it's it's funny that most a lot of people don't really know that that wasn't his original song and that like he actually I mean he used to come out the Eye of the Tiger that was like his thing um er, early early on and from the from obviously the rocky influence uh, but you know you show people like some of those early uh u.s express matches or whatever they were called uh windham and rotunda and you like the music pops and they're like and you're watching with someone that isn't in the know and then these two dudes come out that are clearly not hulk hogan and <laughs> you just start looking at you like, wait, what what's going on here? Did they share songs back in the eighties? Like, what is this? And then you just kind of like, aha, I got you. I am a big wrestling nerd, and you're just a normal person. <laughs> <laughs> so no, it's it's yeah, it's just I don't I mean, yeah, it's you can't think of the the boom in the eighties. You can't think of Hulk Hogan without hearing that song in your head. And it's, it's almost become a meme to a, to a point where like every 4th of July, you'll see those like posts of people. Like there's like the American flag and there's George Washington. There's like, like bears and like majestic horses and, uh, and then there's always like Hulk, like a picture of hulk hogan in the background waving a flag and it's like it, it's just anonymous with that it and i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing <laughs> i guess that's that's up to who you're talking to but it's just it's it's like a it's like a part of pop culture now like i mean try imagine trying to repackage and reassign that song to someone like even in like the late 90s if WWF were trying to like really stick it to nitro or someone in those days, like imagine trying to do that. Like they did like having the fake razor or the fake undertaker, like it would just be, it would be doomed from the start, from the opening tone, you know, you just can't, you can't separate that era, that song from that man. It's just, it's too perfect. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mentioned uh, in the Taker segment how um, the song you picked wasn't my first Taker theme. It was You're Gonna Pay. Uh, well, my first Hogan theme wasn't Real American. It was actually Voodoo Child because I played Mania 19 for the GameCube as a kid, and that was his song in the game. And I didn't get to experience Real American until Hulk came back um, you know, in 05 for the Hall of Fame and the Shawn Michaels feud. That was when I first got to see quote-unquote, real American Hulk Hogan. And, look, I'd be lying if I said that at the time I didn't enjoy it, you know, because I did. You know, even with Hulk being older and working his, uh, you know, political bullshit magic on Shawn Michaels back then, but but still, I, I enjoyed it. And even now, given what we know about Hulk and all the, uh, the things he's done over the years, even now, it's hard to go back and watch him body slam Andre Mania 3 or you know, watch him Hulk up against the rocket. I 18 and, and not feel something, not feel that thrill that you get when watching wrestling. It's, it's hard to do, I think, um, at least for me. So yeah, I, I can only imagine just how thrilling it was for you, Steve, to do that entrance at your wedding with Elise, given how big of a Hulk fan that you are, um,
1: thrilling and cancelable, unfortunately,
0: but, uh, <laughs> thrilling nonetheless, yeah, right, I'm sure. I know.
1: I know. Uh, I I told I told Elise when we first met and we knew this was for real. Like I I I have I, I told her I have one request for our wedding and one only. And that's every person every member of the wedding party comes in to a different wrestling theme song. And we would come into a real American. And she's like, That's all you need. I'm like, That's all I want. And she says, Okay. And obviously she Went even further with, uh, I mean, table placements, the the sign-in book. She was, I mean, she's she's really, really been great about you know this uh, weird hobby of mine uh, that we all know and love, and she knows it's a big, important part of my life. And I mean, you've met her; she's been at some of the shows with us. Like she's she's been great for it, and she knows. uh, I mean, about all the the hogan stuff and but also knows how important it was to me growing up so uh yeah it's great and i will say this uh voodoo child great great theme great theme i would put that right up there with i mean nothing's real american but if you're gonna put a a number two i will say that uh, american made the wcw theme song that some prominent members of this website find to be the best is god awful terrible i hate that thing. <laughs> like i i mean i was by the time he went to wcw i mean it was cool for like the first maybe like six months i, I mean i was still like i was kind of i was still in that transition phase like i i mean and i H- hogan had been out for a while and he kind of we're starting to get into some of the newer guys and then you're like, Oh, he's coming to WCW. I'll check this out now. And it just, obviously we all know what that turned out to be like in like late 94 and 95 with the dungeon of doom BS. And it was like, once he turned heel and the NWO, like to me, WCW Hogan, I think of NWO like that. He, that fate, the first couple of years where he was a face was such garbage that like i just can't think of that american made theme in any other way than just being absolute hot garbage so uh yeah yeah it's uh it's 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 the shits so (laughs) i mean i don't know what else to say so if anyone else thinks that one's the best one they're wrong and we can have a, a civilized discussion about it but just in the end know that you're wrong and that song is terrible
0: I think all you have to do is just say Hulk Hogan versus the Butcher, at Starcade.
1: <laughs> uh, not the current Butcher with the
0: blade, not that one, but uh, good old uh, brother Brutai getting that uh, world title main event against the Hulkster at Starcade. That was uh, that was no bueno, no bueno at all there, Steve.
1: <laughs> oh God, no, nope. Those are days that I that I uh, choose to forget.
0: Hmm. You know, I thought of this earlier in terms of connections between songs. We played Metallica earlier, and as we all know, according to one Hulk Hogan, the Hulkster himself once auditioned to be the bass player for Metallica. And I guess they said, "Hulkster, I'm sorry, you're too good for us. You'll outshine us too much. Those those massive 24-inch pythons are so big, we can't contain them in the band." It just what could have been, Steve, what could have been.
1: Well, you know, I mean when he when he tore every muscle in his back, slamming a seven hundred pound Andre the Giant back in the eighties, you know it just really messed with the dexterity in his fingers, and he just couldn't he couldn't get get speed quite right. And you know, I mean, he did his best, and probably had he been picked, they would probably not only be regarded as the greatest metal band of all time, but maybe up there with like the Beatles and the Stones. You know, is just just like God tier music just in the annals of music. Maybe even, maybe even like a, a more recent Beethoven or Mozart, you know, just kind of, it's, 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 it's just one of the great what ifs, you know, like what if he was in a traveling metal band and not, you know, just Vince McMahon's golden goose. So just, so there's a timeline out there, you know, one of the multiverses where he's still rocking out in stadiums across the world and you know, I don't know, uh Kurt uh James Newstead is the all American champion for Vince's Fed, you know.
0: Jason so. Newstead.
1: Jason Newstead, my apologies, yes.
0: Mm, yeah, but what could have been? Um Saint Hulkster round my neck. Oh, no, he no, no. always drops the leg. You Hulk it up! You Hulk it up! Saint Hulkster. Oh, <laughs> listen, listen. I, as you were talking, I was thinking. Okay, what kind of Hulk Hogan Metallica parody can I do? What can I do? And that just popped in there. I, I couldn't help it, Steve. I'm sorry. I couldn't help it. <laughs>
1: I, I mean, there you go. I mean, instead of entering to something as cool as "For Whom the Bell Tolls," maybe you could just enter to the sound of trash cans just banging incessantly <laughs> over and over and over again. My God, that album's terrible. I I like it.
0: I can't help it. It's a good song. I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, you know, it's there's 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 some people that think that it's so bad it's good, and
0: I'm one of them. Damn it, I'm one of them. <laughs> to you, my man.
1: Hey, that's fine. That's fine. You do you, my man. <laughs>
0: all right well, that's going to do it for this episode of music of the Man. thank you so much for listening and uh steve thank you so much for being here this was a great conversation and a lot of fun my friend so thank you so much
1: i appreciate you andrew anytime i'm happy to do this i always have a blast with you i hope you continue to have success six years i mean that's that's pretty awesome man um and i hope you continue to do for at least you know six if not 60 more so well
0: thank you that that means a lot thanks so much man um any plugs you want to give
1: Go right ahead? I mean uh I, I try to write as much as possible for uh voiceswrestling.com. Um I do ha- in the upcoming uh match of the year poll, I'll have a couple quick quick synopsis uh, or thoughts about uh some of the matches that I chose. Uh a lot of great work, a lot of great writers on that site, podcasts. Um if you're listening to this, you probably know that already. So uh check everybody out it's good stuff and hopefully i'll be able to put a little bit more uh on the site uh this coming year
0: i hope so too because i enjoy your writing and um i enjoy the references that you sprinkle in there that uh i just seem to get myself and no one else apparently so <laughs> but i enjoy them nonetheless so there you go yeah,
1: i i, I I'll, I'll always put one in there and then it might not get any bites for a couple hours but then i'm like As soon as Andrew sees it, he's going to see it. He's going to do it. And you never fail me. You never fail me. So I appreciate that, my man. Mm, Well, that's what friends are for. (laughs) There you go.
0: Yeah. So Music of the Met is, of course, part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. You can find all the great podcasts on there at voicesofwrestling.com. Follow the show on Twitter at Music of the Met. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew T. Rich voicesofwrestling.com slash discord for all discussions and comments, voicesofwrestling.com slash donate for any donations. Just click the big donate button beneath the name music of the mat. If you donate, Hey, thanks so much. You're awesome. And of course, rate review, subscribe to the show on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Spotify, and many other places. Steve, thank you again. And I'll see you around.
1: Yep. Have a good one, Andrew. Thanks so much. And uh, yeah, Thank
0: you. All right. For Steve Case, I'm Andrew Rich, and I'll see you next time on Music of the Mat. Take care, guys. Music of the Mat is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The songs used throughout this show are property of their respective copyright holders. Music. It's not just part of our daily lives. It's part of our wrestling fandom as well. And it has been for decades. That's where this show comes in. Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling, hosted by Andrew Rich. Hey, that's me. Each episode delivers a different topic with a variety of great guests, fun conversations, musical analysis, and of course, a heartfelt pun or two. New episodes drop every other Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcast app of choice. Check out Music of the Mat. Only on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network.